The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Well, I appreciate the fact that not only have I been waiting, but all of you have also been waiting to listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I am here living in the Valley, and as always, I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I've got a special guest with me who's going to join me here uh, shortly. And, and when I say special, I mean special. If you can be drafted in the first round of the National Football League and play quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you certainly are somebody that's special. So I'm, I'm going to introduce my guest. I'm going to let you think about it for a minute, and that's about all it's going to take me uh, is a minute. But there's a lot of things that's happening in the world of sports, and that's why uh, the the life of an athlete, it is a lot more than just what happens on the field. And there are some very interesting developments outside of the world of football that, of course, have uh, a lot of people intrigued and, and conversations around the drinking fountain and even online. So I'm going to start one of those conversations. But first, uh, I want to uh, bring in somebody of which uh, it's an honor and a pleasure uh, for me to have on the network with me. Uh, just to goes to show you, see, I didn't do anything to make him remember my name, but I sure as hell remember his name because he was a damn good quarterback uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers and does an outstanding job even now on various networks. And that is former Arizona first-round draft pick and Pittsburgh Steelers uh, first-round draft pick quarterback Mark Malone. Mark, how you doing? Ray, I'm doing well. How are you today? Well, I'm doing well. I'm out here in the Valley, and I believe I've got an edge on you finally because I think you're in Chicago. Is that right? Yes, I live in Chicago these days. That's correct. <laughs> so how's, how's the weather in Chicago today, Mark? <laughs> well, if you like snow at about 28 degrees, it's perfect, Ray. It's, but I guarantee you, it, it, it's hurt my golf game. I haven't played golf in a long time. I'd like to be out in the Valley where you are right now. Well, you, you need to come back, and let's just, let's just go back a little bit. It's, it's been a while since you've been... Uh, you know, out of the university, do you get a chance to spend much time back in Arizona at all? Well, I, you know, I obviously uh, covering sports uh, since I got out of football, I, I travel around a great deal, and I I get back to, to the San Diego, California area where I was born and raised, or I get back to uh, the Phoenix area. I still have some very very close friends uh, in that area, and I always try to make a, a couple extra days on one side or the other of uh, the sporting event I'm covering, so I can spend a little time in the and the beautiful sunshine out there, maybe get around the golf in. But uh, I'd like to get get out there a lot more. It just hasn't happened as of late. Uh, and uh, I think I did probably one or two games out there uh, uh, featuring the Arizona Cardinals. But, again, you're in for a day and you're out. You're doing something else. So uh, I, I'm, I'm a little jealous uh, <laughs> that you get to experience that, especially this time of year because yeah. it's cold back here in Chicago. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I actually, uh, I guess I came here by default, but I came out here to play in a – in a college game uh, my senior year, and, and, and we played uh, Penn State in a bowl game. And, 
got our butts kicked, but uh, I decided this is the place that I wanted to, uh, as I say, when I ride off into the sunset, I want to leave here and go straight to heaven. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit about what, uh, some football. You, you know, talked about a cup covering a couple games here uh, in Arizona. And uh, I'll tell you what, Mark, I, I'm sure uh, you wish that you were playing today. Seems that, you know, quarterbacks don't get hit very much like they do today. And there's some exciting football, and there was an exciting Arizona Cardinals football game against, of course, the Green Bay Packers, and the quarterbacks that lit it up. Did you enjoy watching that game? Well, I did. I was uh, I was traveling back. I actually, uh, Kevin Harlan and I did the uh, the Ravens-New uh, England game earlier in the day, so I, I kind of, uh, you know, caught it in between airports and the quarter here and then uh, the overtime game in Philadelphia and as I was making my way back to Chicago. But uh, it is uh, clearly one of the, the, the more exciting postseason football games uh, I've ever had the pleasure to watch and uh, had a chance to look at the highlights as well and the quarterback play uh, was incredible. I mean, Kurt Warner actually had more touchdown passes than incomplete passes. Uh, that, that's incredible, and I think Aaron Rodgers had over 420 yards in the air as well. So uh, it's a shame, certainly if, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, the way that game was lost. Uh, but uh, I love Aaron Rodgers. I have since he, he came on the scene and took over for Brett. I think he's got a very bright future, as does Mike McCarthy and that football team up there. But uh, I, I have to ask you, Ray, I'm not sure that there's a better playoff quarterback uh, in the postseason right now than Kurt Warner. I mean, this guy's numbers in the postseason since he's played in the National Football League are astounding. And uh, I know they've got a, a tall order going into to New England, but uh, or, uh, excuse me, New Orleans, but I think, I think uh, you've got to give the Cardinals a chance because of, of who's playing quarterback for him. He's, just, he's played so well throughout his entire career in the postseason and continues to do so this year. I agree with you on that one, Mark. I don't think there is uh, probably in the history, if we pull up those stats, uh, probably nobody has performed as well as he has performed uh, throughout his career and particularly in, in the postseason. So watching uh, that game, you know, I was just I was marveled at the play of the quarterbacks. In particular, you, you hear people say nowadays, Mark, and I like to I've got a quarterback here on, on the line. Let me ask you this question. Is the game today to the advantage with the quarterback, seeing that, of course, you can't uh, make the contact with the receivers like you used to be able to. You can't beat them up downfield. Uh, you can't hit the quarterback the way you used to be able to hit him in the pocket. Mentally, do you think that gives a quarterback an edge going in and playing in the game today as opposed to when you and I played? Well, certainly it does. And, it, you know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, that the, the National Football League you know, wants it to be exciting for fans, and it's become a passing league. I mean, you still need to run the football, and, and to a great extent, I think that, uh, you know, they, the Cardinals uh, have gotten better in that department. They have a, a very nice complimentary running game right now, but it's about throwing the football. Uh, a guy I played with at Pittsburgh, uh, Mel Blunt, who's in the Hall of Fame, he's the guy who caused uh, the rules to be changed about checking the wide receivers uh, within that five yards and then getting off of them. You take that, you take the fact that guys can't hit quarterbacks the way they used to, to be able to hit them and, and punish them, and it's become uh, it's become a passing game, uh, and you know from a fan standpoint, that's terrific. I mean, two teams put up a, an aggregate of 96 points in a playoff game makes it exciting. Uh, but uh, does, does, has it changed? Certainly, has it, has it has it become easier? I don't know if it's become easier. The athletes are better; they're faster. Some of the schemes are probably a lot more complicated than when you and I played. Uh, but uh, you know, be, being able to roll out of bed on Monday and not feel as though you were beat with a baseball bat's probably got to be a lot better this, this time. <laughs> you know. The, during this this era of football, yeah, I think the guys probably their bodies don't take 
nowhere near the amount of punishment that you know that you had to take you know standing back there in the pocket let me ask you another rule that i just don't understand this rule if you're trying to protect a quarterback mark and you think about the way the game is today can you explain to me from your perspective why is it that a quarterback can't throw the ball away when he's in the pocket where i think he's more vulnerable than it would be if you let him throw the ball he would be a, a safe, he'd be in a you know, better position to protect himself. But they're telling the quarterback, if you're in the pocket, you can't throw the ball away. You've got to take that sack. You've got to take that hit. I don't understand the, the, the football psychology in that. Do you, do you understand that part of it? Well, again, I mean, you can't listen. Uh, the defensive coordinators in this league and the defensive players are screaming and, and crying loud enough given the rule changes that they have. And, uh, the, you know, they, they have become a little bit more liberal. I mean, it used to be that, uh, you know, you had to have somebody in the area. Now, if you get out of the tackle box, all you have to do is get the ball towards the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, you can't put, uh, uh, you know, or, or change the rules in favor completely of the offense. They, they certainly made it more liberal. Uh, you know, here's the deal. They don't want the quarterbacks uh, injured in the, in, in the National Football League. Those are the guys that people come to see. You come to see Kurt Warner and Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers and, and those kinds of players. Um they're the ones who make it exciting, and it is a passing game. Uh, but, you know, you can't put red dresses on them, as my former teammate Jack Lambert once suggested. <laughs> uh, I'm sure, sure there's guys out there like Ray Lewis today that, that think that should still happen. But uh, you, you need to try to protect them as much as you possibly can. To a great extent, I think some of the officials have kind of gone overboard. I mean, when you put that helmet on and you go back there and you play that position, you expect to get hit, and oftentimes you're vulnerable because – you're in the motion of throwing a football, and your attention and focus is down the field on wide receivers and on defensive backs, so you don't see hits coming. Uh, as a player, or a former player, I would much rather have somebody hit me in the ear hole, uh, in the head, than I would have a, a guy come down around my knees. Uh, and that's become a very delicate situation now in the NFL as well. Uh, but, listen, it, it is the way it is. It's increased the scoring. It's made the game more exciting. And you can't argue with what Roger Goodell and the NFL has been able to do because, uh, you know, they are clearly the most popular sport here in this country, and they continue to grow. Well, Mark, you, you mentioned something. I, I want to tell you this. Here on Voice America Sports, uh, we're allowed to be homers here. You know, we're not working for one of those large uh, networks like uh, uh, the NFL Network or NBC or ABC, so we can be homers. And and you touched upon one of your former teammates, and and so I got to ask you a little bit about your former team, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And and we're going to have to take a break here in about three minutes. But believe me, you can take as much time as you want to. Tell me a little bit about what you think what happened to the Steelers this year, because I think some people thought they might be able to come right back and win the Super Bowl again this year. Didn't happen. What do you think happened? Well, Ray, I mean, obviously, you know, they're trying to figure that out. Everybody has their own opinions and own own uh, answers to that question. But, uh, you know, clearly, I, I think the on the defensive side of the football, the injury of Troy Palomalo when he missed uh, about half the season with that knee uh, on two different occasions this year, I think hurt, hurt the Steelers a great deal. I think they, uh, they, they didn't have the safety play they needed. He covers so much ground back there, both in the passing game and as an effective player. Uh, you know, tacker up around the line of scrimmage as well when they get into some of their packages. And I really think that that hurt them. They also had some, some injuries to some defensive linemen from the second half of the year on, and that, that had an impact as well. From an offensive standpoint, uh, you know, and listen, we just talked about the fact that the NFL is, is morphed into this passing game, but you need to run the football. Uh, the hallmark of that organization for decades now 
has been the style of play, which is tough physical defense and run the football. And Ben Roethlisberger was quoted this year as saying, hey, listen, this is not your grandfather's Steelers team anymore. We're going to throw the football. Bruce Arians, the offensive coordinator, would love to throw it almost every down. And I love Bruce. Uh, he's kind of a disciple of Tom Moore, who's done a great job, obviously, in, in Indianapolis. Uh, but I still think you need to have a little bit more balance uh, in your offense. Um, it's a football team that lost to some uh, some some interesting teams like the Oakland Raiders and the Cleveland Browns, and you know they find themselves struggling in in Week 17, still with an opportunity to get into the postseason. And if they've taken care of business a little bit uh, against some teams that you would would have thought without any question they would have beaten, uh, it would have been a whole different story. But then again, if you go back and look at their last uh, Super Bowl win or the year after their their previous Super Bowl win, uh, they had a letdown as well. I think Mike Tomlin. We'll take a, a hard look at what's going on with that football team, make some necessary changes, and get some people squared away and, and get their focus back where it needs to be. And I agree with you. I think they'll be a force to be reckoned with again next year in the AFC. Well, I, I certainly agree. I, I, in fact, I thought I was one of those people. I really thought they had a chance of maybe repeating, but it didn't happen. So, Mark, why don't you hold on? I'm going to get into some other things on the other side of this break. You're listening to Rail of Sports from the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, Living Like It Matters. And I am with former Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Mark Malone. We'll be right back after this message. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. 
Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. This is Narell of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I have with me today as a special guest, uh, former Arizona State first-round draft pick from first, from Arizona State uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Mark Malone. And, uh, Mark, I certainly appreciate you joining me. I, you know, I got a text uh, during that break, Mark, and, and, and somebody uh, – I think uh, really wanted to give it to me in the side, and and they wanted to know if I was going to discuss, uh, you know, what happened to the Philadelphia Eagles in that game against the Dallas Cowboys, and and I don't want to discuss it. I don't want to discuss it, but but perhaps maybe if you didn't get a chance to see that, uh, but you've seen some highlights, uh, and I'm always interested in the quarterback play because you know how it goes, Mark. When you guys win, you get all the credit, and when you lose you get all the credit. So what about the quarterback play in that game? Did you think that had a lot to do with the direct effect of the results of the game? Well, I think the quarterback always figures very largely in the outcome of any game, especially in the postseason. Uh, yeah, I, I would have expected a little bit more from uh, from Donovan McNabb. Uh, you know, he's, he's got a wealth of playoff experience. Uh, he's got some new weapons on that football team, namely Jeremy Macklin, and you got Brian Westbrook, who was healthy, and of course everybody knows uh, what's gone on with Deshaun Jackson this year and the big playability he has. Uh, and, they, you know, they just kind of came out flat. Uh, the only touchdown uh, they could come up with was out of the Wildcat with, with the Vic throw. So uh, I, I was a little um, a little taken back by that. I wasn't taken back by the Cowboys. I mean, as, as, as much as, as they've taken a lot of criticism about their play in December and they hadn't won a playoff game in 13 years, uh, they might be one of the hottest teams in the football or in, in the playoffs right now probably second only the San Diego Chargers who have won 11 straight. So uh, I thought they were going to have to come and come with, uh, you know, a new game plan and uh, a different resolve than the final game of the regular season. And I was a little shocked that they didn't do that. Mark, let me ask you, as, as a quarterback, can you go out, and, and it's one of the biggest games of your life, each time you, you play in a playoff game, that's, that's exactly what it is. At that particular moment, it is the biggest game of your life because it's win or go home. You're an NFL quarterback. You step on the field and you feel like you're just having one of these days where it's not a good day at the office. Have you ever found yourself in a position where you feel yourself you're in kind of a funk and it's like, man, today is not the day to make that happen. <laughs> Do you go to the sideline and tell the coach maybe we should run the ball more because I'm not having one of those kind of days? What? How do you adjust to one of those kind of days if you've ever experienced one or you have a friend who might have experienced one of those days? Well, hey, listen, you play this game long enough at any level, you're going to experience days where – you know, you think, what the heck am I doing out here? I mean, the ball doesn't feel right in your hand. You can't throw a spiral. You know, all those kinds of things. Uh, and conversely, you have days where, boy, the ball feels terrific in your hands. You throw in tight spirals, and, you know, it just feels like you could thread a needle. So, uh, you know, when you're having those days, do you tell a coach? No, I don't think you tell a coach. Every guy who's playing, especially at the NFL level, is, is ultra competitive. Uh, they believe they can win. And uh, as, as quickly as those things went bad for you, they can as quickly – 
turn around and be good again. So you just keep plugging away um, and, you know, hope for the best. Uh, I can't imagine anybody, to be honest with you, Ray, playing at the NFL level that would go to a head coach and say, you know, listen, I just don't, I, I just don't seem to have it today. Can we do something else? I, I just I can't imagine, having played for 10 years in the NFL, that there are many guys uh, that would actually do that with a head coach. Well, Mark, let me ask you, if you're on the field, and you know, you know how it is, many times you'll go on the field and the quarterback will have the option uh, to call an audible. I mean, if you feel like you know, it's not working you know, throwing the ball, do you call more audibles and, and check off to a run, or do you still try to just you know, try to say, hey, I'm going to work my way out of this thing? Well, you know, most, most of the audible systems in the NFL back when I played, and certainly today, are based on run-pass uh, you know, looks. Uh, you can have a run called, and uh, depending on the alignment in the secondary or in the front seven, uh, it would get you out of that run into a pass play. You could have a pass play call, and because somebody has done something with their safety alignment or front seven, all of a sudden you need to get to the run. That's, those are the things you're looking for as a quarterback to make the determination to audible from run to pass or pass to run. It really has nothing to do with whether or not you think you feel good that day or you can make that kind of a throw. Oftentimes quarterbacks might have a run call and look outside and see by the press coverage of the corner and the way the safeties are aligned that it's press man-to-man. Well, a lot of times you have a green light to go ahead and, and throw the football outside. Take it one-on-one and, and, and see if you can get a big play or a pass interference call. Uh, even on a day when a quarterback doesn't feel like he's got his best stuff, I would guarantee you that every one of those guys, every 30, uh, one of every 32 starting quarterbacks in the National Football League would see that look. That's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to audible and take a shot outside. Because, again, you're talking about ultra-competitive people. We're talking about, you know, there's only 32 of, uh, you know, positions on the face of the earth in terms of starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. You have to be very good at what you do. You have to be extremely confident and ultra-competitive. And those guys are going to take a shot whether they feel good or not. Well, Hey, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears here for you, man. That was uh, you know very insightful because there's a lot of people, and that's what we try to do here. We we try to bring players on to give it from a player's perspective to let the fans know what really goes on when you put your hands under that center because a lot of people have no clue. And even though Brett, you know, made some audibles, perhaps maybe the coach might have wanted him to stick with one thing, and Brett wanted to do something different. Uh, I wanted you to give it to them how it should be done. But let me change to another very competitive field, and that is baseball. Now, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm going to say this on the air, Mark, I'm going to assume that, that you didn't take steroids. I mean, you were a big, fit quarterback, but you weren't, you didn't look like the steroid kind of guy, you know, back no, in the day. No, I, I like to eat now, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I love to eat, but no. But listen, I played in the NFL for a long time, uh, for 10 years, and, and probably, uh, you know, which was the start, and, you know, some people might even say the height of the steroid era, uh, you know, through the 80s and into 1990s, so... I mean, there are a lot of guys using it. It uh, certainly gives you a competitive advantage. And, and given, you know, uh, Mark McGuire's, uh, you know, revelation uh, last night on, you know, with Bob Costas that, yes, indeed, he had taken steroids, uh, you know, it's become a hot topic. Uh, there are a lot of people that say, hey, listen, you know, he had great high, uh, eye-hand coordination. He could hit the, foot, uh, hit the baseball, and, and steroids didn't help that. I agree with that. Let me tell you something. When, when you try to jam a guy like Mark McGuire, and he's on the juice, uh, all of a sudden a foul ball becomes a home run or a pop-up fly becomes a home run. So, yes, I think it does help you recover. Uh, it also allows you to train, uh, you know, probably more intensely and recover quickly. You get bigger and stronger and faster, and those things certainly help you. They help you in football. I think they help you certainly in baseball. Uh, and, you know, listen, because of some of the steroid testing we have at all these sports, Ray, I mean, we're, we're ferreting out some of these guys, some of these frauds, 
but because of the clear and the cream, and really there is no test for HGH that the NFL or, or baseball uses, there are still ways around that, and I guarantee you that uh, you're still finding, you still have athletes in all these sports that are using this stuff, and people say, well, I don't understand that. Why would they do that? Well, if somebody tells you that, let's see, if you're successful at your job, I'm going to give you $12 million a year plus whatever endorsements you can get. Or if you're not successful, you can go sell life insurance someplace and make $35,000 a year. Guys are going to take that opportunity to do whatever they can to be the best they can because it's their livelihood. They, again, it gets back to the competitive thing about wanting to be competitive, and it becomes a money issue. These guys are making lots of money, and it's all based on how well they perform. So if guys could find a way around the testing system, I will guarantee you right now that there's a percentage of baseball players, certainly football players, that are still using these performance-enhancing drugs uh, and, and still using them their advantage. And, and it's difficult if you don't take them in these arenas because now you're competing against guys that I think have an advantage from a physical standpoint. Mark, well, let's, let's look at that from this perspective. It, gives the, it does give them an advantage, which means it obviously puts another group of people to a disadvantage. Do you think the way to eliminate these type of drugs in professional sports is to have a very hard sanction? I mean, the bottom line is, listen, one and done, you're caught, you're out. Well, I mean, that's certainly one way to do it. Um, you know, the other way to go about it, too, is, uh, you know, to, and again, I don't think there's any foolproof testing because we've got these guys now, and you go back to, uh, you know, the situation where these guys were, were, you know, making this clear in this cream. There are designer drugs now. Guys are able to molecularly change some of this stuff, so the tests that are developed uh, can't detect some of this, this stuff. So, uh, you know, that's certainly one way to do it. Uh, I would imagine, you know, in order to have that happen, you'd have to negotiate it with, uh, you know, the players' unions in both, you know, football and baseball. They're never going to go for that. They're going to want their their constituents to, to be able to have a second chance and a third chance and, and those kinds of things. But, um, you know, that's one way to do it. But I, I just think that you're going to always be looking at something like this um, regardless of, of when it is and, and what sport you're looking at because, guy, there's a lot of money to be made. And, uh, you know, guys aren't going to leave that on the table if, if uh, there's a way to make themselves better. Well, I, I believe myself that the zero tolerance is the only way really to go to, to rid the sports of this because it's getting to the point whereas you're affecting the lives. I mean, one thing I heard Mark say is Mark wanted to protect his family. But what about the family that you hurt? I mean, there's somebody you hit a home run off of or a number of home runs that lost their job. They no longer had the ability to provide for their family because guess what? They couldn't strike Mark Aguirre out. They couldn't get you out. So, so they either had to walk you or, or had to give up a home run. Then not only that, uh, the, the trickle effect that happens to, to other families as well and to teams. I, I understand that when you run track, if you run track and it is wind-aided and they find out that afterwards, you know, it was wind-aided, that record does not count. Do you think there should be asterisks next to the records of, that these guys, you know, achieved while they were on the juice? Well, I don't think there's any question. I mean, they're already talking about, you know, the steroid era. And if you can define what that might be, you might want to put an asterisk against everybody's name because you don't know who was taking it and who isn't taking it. Well, John Crook said, it's interesting you said that because that's what Crook doesn't like the fact. And I was in Philly playing ball when John was there. And he didn't like the fact that it's been now identified as a steroid era, which means to, to most people, they assume that everybody playing during that generation, if you did anything, you know, halfway decent, you were on steroids. And, that, and that's not the case with everybody. But certainly, it, you make an excellent point there. Not of a sudden, if anybody did anything good during that time, the assumption is, well, maybe they were on the juice. 
Well, I heard Jose Canseco say today in an interview here in Chicago that he believed that Mark McGuire would have broken Maris' record without steroids. He was that good. Well, but we don't know. So you, you never, you're, you're never going to find that out. And, and you're right. All the guys that never took performance-enhancing drugs are going to get lumped in to all the guys that did. And that's an unfortunate situation. But there's no way around it. And I'm going to tell you right now, Ray, there's no way around the fact that there are guys in professional football, and I, be, I guarantee in baseball as well, that are continuing to take some sort of performance-enhancing drug to get around the testing, uh, you know, systems that are are in place, because some of this stuff you can't test for. You certainly can't test for HGH, and and some of these designer drugs uh, can't be detected through some of this testing. So you're still de- dealing with this, I guarantee, you, and you will be forever. I mean, you can go back to the era before steroids, and you can talk about, uh, you know, uh, amphetamines and, and how that might have affected, uh, you know, a football player or a baseball player as well. So I mean, uh, you know. The purists of baseball, and, and believe me, as you well know, the guys in baseball that follow baseball are, in fact, purists, and that record book is, is you know, uh, <laughs> a hallowed thing, much, much, much different than in the National Football League. But I don't know any other way around it. You can put an asterisk and say it's a steroid era, and the guys that, um, that didn't take steroids, they're going to have to live with it. I don't, know, I don't know how else you deal with the situation. Well, let me ask you, in your opinion, do you think it affects the demand of the sport from the fans' perspective? Do I think it affects? Pardon me. The the demand of the spec and, and of the sport and the support for the sport from the fans' perspective. Now that they hear about all these drugs. Well, again, we're talking about different generations. I think the older generation it affects them. The, the guys that, that grew up, you know, watching Joe DiMaggio and watching Marist and you know watching those kind. I mean, those are pure. Those are pure baseball fans, and it affects uh, how they view the game. But I would I would venture to say that today's generation could care less. They want to go out and see great performances. Uh, and they like to see, I think everybody wants to see a level playing field. I don't know how you make that a level playing field, but uh, I think uh, as society changes, uh, you know, the, the fan base changes as well, and their outlooks on, on how to deal with all this, uh, this stuff in terms of performance-enhancing drugs changes as well. I think they just want to see great performances. And I, when you look at a game like football, and, and football understood that the fans wanted to see an exciting football game, so they changed the rules so that the passing game was more effective and they they presented a more exciting football game. Can baseball look at its game and see what they need to do to bring it up to a level of excitement that's acceptable to its fans so that they're if you got to pull the fences in, do what you have to do, but for the health of the athletes, I think you need to do something different than encourage these guys to do steroids and that seems to be the perspective that they take on it. Listen, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I got to take a break. I've got Mark Malone with Mark Malone with me right now. We're going to take this break and we're going to come back. You come back with us, please. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Joe Cribs, No Average Joe is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, I got that music. That means I have to come back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I got my special guest with me, former Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Mark Malone. And we've been talking about a little bit about everything today uh, as it relates to uh, the NFL and, and steroids and, and, and baseball. And, and, and now, Mark, I, I want to touch on another subject, which, uh, you know, for, for many years there were issues – throughout the world that stayed out of sports, but then they trickled into sports. And, and a lot of it has to do with, uh, with the hiring of, of, of black coaches. And, and, and now they came up with this, and I'm sure you can respect the fact that it's, uh, it's the Rooney Rule. Of course, you playing for that uh, great uh, first family of football there in Pittsburgh. Uh, but the Rooney Rule, uh, where I think, if I'm not mistaken, the rule requires that if an NFL team is to uh, go through – uh, the hiring process that they must bring in at least uh, one African American. I don't know if it's one, two, or three, but uh, somebody, a minority, uh, must be interviewed for the position. Um, there was some controversy about what happened at the uh, Seattle coaching position. I don't know the facts. I just heard about it. Uh, what do you think about the Rooney Rule and the fact that they have to? Uh, they're required to interview a minority. Of, uh, I don't know if it's just black, Hispanic, or what, but a minority must be uh, interviewed. Well, Ray, I think it's a good rule, obviously, and obviously it was named after uh, you know Dan Rooney, the, the owner of the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think it's, it's a rule that uh, I think will give certainly a lot more opportunity uh, to some very deserving coaches. But as you well know, social change in this country um, you know, takes time. 
we continue to make progress, but it's oftentimes slow progress. And uh, I think there are probably some deserving, you know, minority coaches out there. Uh, I know one guy played against Ron Rivera, who uh, would would fall into that category. Leslie Frazier, another guy uh, I played against, uh, who was uh, up for an interview at Seattle as well. Question is, is it a token interview, or are we just interviewing these guys to get through? The, I don't know how you go about, uh, you know, defining that. And, and dealing with teams, if they, if they abide by the rule and invite somebody to come and interview, and then somebody says, well, you know, the word on the street is that you're going to hire Pete Carroll, so I don't even want to interview, well, then what do you do? Um, I think that it's a good rule. I think that the, the, you know, the commissioner himself needs to continue to, uh, to talk to the owners about the importance of that. Uh, and, uh, but, but, you know, on, on the other side of it, I just think, you know, as it has been in politics and everything else, that social change in this country although it's happening, takes some time to happen. And, and I, I agree with you. It does take some time, but I also will agree with this. Those two names that you mentioned are first-class men, and, and, and I know Leslie, from a distance, uh, competed against him uh, in the league at the same time, and, uh, and Coach Rivera was uh, with the Eagles uh, for, for some time. Mm-hmm. And, and I just would like for it to be, you know, as an African-American man myself, I would just like to be for it to be a fair process. I mean, I would not want to go into a situation where I am just uh, fulfilling uh, a token gesture of which you are required to uh, to substantiate. I wouldn't want to do that. And I certainly know Leslie is a he's such a proud man uh, that he would and, and Ron is as well. But I, I would think that uh, again, the game of football has has been uh, in terms of you know social justice and injustice. The sport has been something that's been able to bring people from all walks, walks of life together. And, and let's not, you know, mirror muddy the waters with, with using it and bringing it to the forefront uh, just with these token uh, interviews. So if you've got a qualified candidate and he indeed is a qualified candidate, then let him be a part of the process. But I also think things can happen as an example, uh, you know, bringing a guy in that you maybe you didn't think you were going to hire. And before you know it, you know, he's a good candidate uh, at least. You thought he was a good candidate, and, and he was a non-minority. That's what happened with the Washington Redskins. I mean, Zorn wasn't supposed to be that head coach, but he happened to be there and was already on the staff, and I guess they had a couple meetings with him. Next thing you know, you know, he's the coach. So maybe it wouldn't hurt to bring somebody in, you know, and, and have a, a, a real open-heart discussion and truly consider that person uh, based upon what his resume and and I think there are some good candidates out there. So I wanted to get your opinion on that. So hey, before you go, Mark, I want to ask you a couple questions. There's some good games coming up this week. Are you working a game this week? Yes, I'm going to be in Minnesota for the Cowboys Vikings game. Okay, now uh, Cowboys and Vikings. Now, mm-hmm. of course, you got to keep it neutral, but give me some insight about what you think will happen this week as the game plays itself out. Well, I think a couple things. First of all, I, I think obviously Flozell Adams is going to have to have a little help with uh, with the, uh, the the pass rush of, of the Vikings because you know they can certainly get after people, especially with Jared Allen on the on the edge out there. They're going to have to make sure they protect Tony Romo. Uh, I think you know from a from a run standpoint, uh, you know we've we've heard a lot about Brad Childress and Brett Favre and who's calling the plays and we're throwing it too much. Uh, they'll throw the football in this game. But it's going to have to start with Adrian Peterson. He is clearly, in my opinion, the class act in the National Football League when it comes to running back. They're going to have to run it. I think when they run it, I think Brett Favre becomes more uh, productive. Uh, I also think that they're going to probably need to, uh, to to help out a little bit back in the Vikings secondary. They've struggled a little bit 
Uh, Antoine Winfield is coming off that foot injury, hasn't played really well towards the end of the season, and you got some young guys in there like Padilla Williams and, and Terrell Johnson, the other safety. So I think it'll be a great game. Uh, it, it should be uh, an advantage to the Vikings because they're playing at home. It's a very loud stadium, and that'll help the Vikings pass rush again because it's going to be so hard for those Dallas offensive tackles to hear signals. Um, and it's going to be tough to block those guys when they're coming off the ball. Now, um, you know there's a lot of controversy down there in, in Dallas, as we talked about a little earlier. You know, of course, they, everybody complained about them not being able to win a game in December. They, they've now won games in December and January. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think the job of Wade Phillips is pretty safe? Well, yeah, I think, I think first of all, um, you know, Wade has been in this, in, in this game for a long time. He's always, always done a very good job, obviously, uh, as both as a defensive coordinator and as a head coach. I think his job's safe. He not only got him through December, he's got him through, uh, you know, a, a wild card win against the division opponent. Uh, it's exactly what Jerry Jones uh, needed to have happen. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of guys out there uh, that are probably – interested in coaching jobs, but uh, they're interested in coaching jobs for probably in the area of about 7 or $8 million a year, and I guarantee you Wade uh, is making a lot less than that, and that's something that I'm sure Jerry Jones will take into consideration. But I think, I think Wade has saved his job. He'll be back next year for the Cowboys. Well, let's look at the situation with the Vikings. Is that a, a comfortable situation? Do they need to win this game for everybody to be happy with the Vikings? If they lose this game, what happens next year? Well, listen, I think the big question is what happens to your quarterback you know, spot. Is, is this another year for Brett Favre, or uh, you know, is he going to walk away into the sunset? And I'm sure that, to a great extent, might depend on you know, what happens uh, in the playoffs. Does he get to a Super Bowl? Does he win it again? I know they signed him to a couple-year deal. Brad Childress got an extension out of this deal to bring uh, you know, Favre uh, you know, into Minnesota. Uh, they've got a pretty good young football team. Load Holt, the tackle, is, a, is a massive. McKinney on the other tackle is good. They've got a young center there. They're in pretty good shape, I think, uh, for, for probably the next two or three years. So uh, my guess would be they would try very desperately to keep everybody, for the most part, intact and get Brett to come back uh, next year, whether they win the Super Bowl or not this year, because I think they would be highly competitive and uh, certainly in a race to, to repeat or at least compete for a Super Bowl. Well, Mark, let, let me ask you a question. You've been a quarterback, played in NFL season, played in many NFL seasons, well, uh, not quite as long as Brett p- played, but... Every year at the end of the season, he goes through this process of, of, hey, I need a little time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Is that what you think will happen again? He'll need some time to think about it if he comes back. <laughs> I mean, we, we know if he wins, I mean, he, he probably he can take as much time as he wants if he wins the Super Bowl. But if he doesn't, you think he'll take us through that same process again? Sure he will. It has nothing to do with thinking about it. Here he is. He's 40 years old, man. And I, I can't imagine playing at 40, but if I was 40... I wouldn't want to go to any mini camps, and I darn sure wouldn't want to go to any training camps, and I sure wouldn't want to play in any preseason games. And that's what this is all about. I mean, Brett gets down there on that farm, and he cuts grass. He does all that stuff, but he's a competitor, man. He wants to play football. But at 40 years old, your body doesn't want to go through all that, that stuff of, you know, training camps and mini camps and OTAs and preseason games. That means absolutely nothing to this guy. He's a three-time MVP, and he's won a Super Bowl. Uh, he wants to play football in the regular season and get into the playoffs and try to win another championship. Uh, if they can make that happen, and I'm not sure it'll sit really well with the rest of that football team, but if they can make that happen, I think he'd probably come back for another year. And now, Mark, I didn't get a chance to talk to you before this season, but was that your perspective before this season with this shenanigan of him going back and forth? Did you still have that opinion about how he might approach it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is not, you know, again, first of all, I think, you know, Green Bay pushed him out. 
Uh, when you when you watch Aaron Rodgers play, you can understand that guy is as, as good as anybody in the National Football League at that position. I think he's got a super bright future, and I think Green Bay made the right choice. But they pushed him out, and I think Brett had a chance to either go to Tampa or go someplace down there with John Gruden. It didn't work out. He ended up with the Jets, and he came back, and then he retired again, and then all of a sudden, you know, you keep saying, hey, we want you, we want you, we want you, and by the way, here's $12 million. Why don't you, you, know, uh, you don't have to come to training camp. And that's exactly, it's been about that for the last couple of years for Brett. He wants to play, he wants to be wanted, he wants to compete, but he doesn't want to have to put his body through all that stuff that young kids can go through without much problem. He's 40 years old, and it'll be that way again next year, and if they can make it happen to, to bring him back and put him in a position where he can compete for a Super Bowl without having to put all that wear and tear on his body, I think he'd probably do it again. Well, Mark, I certainly appreciate your honesty because there's been a lot of people who have had a different perspective, and some of those guys have played the game, and then there's been some that have not played the game, and they've, they didn't understand why he didn't want to take his time. But I, I've always felt that, listen, if your body goes through that type of punishment years after years after years, and somebody comes to you right after, it's almost like somebody who just got knocked out, and you ask him he want to box again. Well, you know, he can't even gather his thoughts yet. So I appreciate that honesty. Uh, we're going to take a break. Man, I've had Mark Malone on the show with me. I hope he can stay with me to finish it out. If he can't, uh, man, that that's, uh, boy, you guys missed out on that one. <laughs> you listen to Rail of Sports on Voice America Network. We're going to take a break. I'll be right back after these commercials. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. 
to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports okay i'm gonna hurry up and bring this back because uh it's your lucky day this is rail of sports on the voice america network and mark malone has agreed to stay with me for a couple minutes because he's got another engagement and so mark i want to get right into it you know we talked a little bit about that NFC game of which the Dallas and, uh, of course, the Vikings are going to be playing. But uh, let, let's jump up to the Indianapolis Colts uh, and the Baltimore Ravens. Give me your take on that one. How do you think that will play out? Well, I think it's be a good game. I mean, these two met each other uh, and played a very close game. In fact, the Ravens right in had a chance probably to win until Joe Flacco threw an interception late uh, down in, in scoring territory. Uh, you know, they'll run the football. I think they'll be able to run it pretty well against this Indianapolis defense. Uh, that'll keep Peyton Manning off the football field. But certainly Joe Flacco's going to have to throw the ball more than ten times uh, in this game, which is what he threw, uh, threw it in against the, uh, the New England Patriots. And, uh, listen, you're going to have to play almost a flawless game because Peyton Manning is, I think, the best at what he does in the National Football League right now. Playing at home, there will be some concern about Ross, but I think after a couple of series, they'll be ready to go again. I, I really think this might be one of the better games on the weekend. I'm hoping that it is because on that uh – on that Baltimore Ravens defense, of course you got Ray Ray, you know, Ray Lewis right there in the middle, and he, he's just the heart and soul of that team. And it just plays with so much emotion. And, and you're going to need more than emotion in this game. You're going to have to have some ability to make some plays. And, and so that, that, that'll probably be a good one. Let's look at the Jets in San Diego. I mean, Sanchez, a young man, been on the big – well, been on the college big stage, which is nothing like this stage he will be on uh, this weekend. What do you think about that game? Well, this is, this is really good. I, I, I think, first of all, Philip Rivers should have been a uh, serious uh, – a guy you should seriously consider for the uh, for the league MVP, uh, you know, vote. I, he played so well this year. Uh, it's his football team. Uh, I think the fact that, uh, you know, the matchup between Vincent Jackson and Jarrell Revis is going to be a terrific one to watch. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of football thrown by the Jets again. Over the last three weeks, Mark Sanchez hasn't had, I think, more than 15 uh, attempts in any of the last three games. They're going to run the heck out of the football, and they ought to be able to run it pretty well. Jamal Williams, the nose tackle, has been missing for most of the year on that San Diego uh, defense, and if you can exploit him, I think you can exploit him with a run. I do think Sanchez will have to run uh, to make a couple of throws in this football game, but I would expect it to be very, very close, and Rivers is going to have to make a couple big throws under pressure because I guarantee you Rex Ryan will come after the San Diego quarterback. Yeah, that Rex guy, he's, he's pretty aggressive. You know, I guess he's not. He is the chip off the old block, just like his dad played it. You know, <laughs> he'll send the kitchen sink after if he has to. Hey, Mark, I want to thank you so much for joining me here on Voice America Sports. I'd also like to thank uh, your teammate and my friend, our friend, Vernon Maxwell, for, for making this uh, happen. Uh, but I'm going to let you run. Thank you so much. You're welcome to come back anytime. In fact, I think I'm going to have a conversation about you being here on our network. So, hey, good luck to you this weekend, and uh, let's talk soon. You got it. Thank okay. you very much. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Boy, that was great. I mean, uh, there's many times where we as professional athletes get a chance to compete against each other, particularly on the football field. And, and the football field is different than any other sport, with the exception of, of hockey. And, and hockey, you know, you've got a lot of equipment on, but, but your face is kind of revealed. I mean, you could see some players and, and compete against some players that you may have, you know, seen on the football field. You see them in real life. It's like, hey. Is that who I think it is? And Mark and I have competed against each other but never really met off of the football field. So that was good for me. I really enjoyed that. And, and again, as I tell you all the time, you get a different perspective when you get a chance to hear from somebody who played the game. It doesn't necessarily have to give you the company line. 
you know, that audible situation that he went through, man, I, I thought that was great. And I hope you enjoyed it. You being those of you out there who are listening as much as I enjoyed it. And also some of that commentary about that Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagle football game, which he delivered. And I didn't have to go through that painstaking process of making that happen. Uh, shout out to you know who for making me have to go through that. DeAndrea Lewis. So anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about this uh, last game. I, it's not last. It, it, it's, it's first to me because it's very interesting because I live in the Valley, and that is the Arizona Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints. Now, will that be another shootout? I'm really not sure. I mean, y- y- you never know. The, 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 when you look at the Arizona Cardinals, they got a good football team. They can do a number of things very well. But then so can the New Orleans Saints. And, I, hey, shout out right now to Malcolm Jenkins, a young man, a rookie, number 27, D. Ohio State University, playing over there with the New Orleans Saints, been on the big stage. This stage is a little bit bigger, though. And he's going to have to play because there's some great receivers he's going to go up against. But the Arizona Cardinals, that, that's, they're a very interesting football team. I've always felt since I've been here that they have been one of the more athletically gifted, but also a very smart football team. When they make mistakes, they don't make a lot of mental mistakes other than the fact, uh, I may, I may be, I'm contradicting myself because I think even a missed tackle is a mental mistake because you forgot to wrap your arms, you know, so you, you forgot to do, go through those steps mentally to get yourself in a position to do the right thing. So I think even what may appear to be a physical mistake, is a real mental mistake. So the Cardinals, if they don't break down mentally, they are a very intelligent team. They are a very athletic team, and they love, they play the game with energy. That's what I like about this football team. Now, same thing happens in New Orleans. Another very athletically gifted team, a very intelligent team. And you can tell by how complex the scheme is. Look at the different things they try to do. That's how you know the level of intelligence because you're not afraid to come up with some multiple packages and give them to the team and, hey, go out there and make it happen. And they fly around to the ball. That's another thing. You can tell a team that's very well mentally prepared because they don't hesitate. They go. They go. Things are happening, and they're happening very fast. You know, when things are developing very slow, many times you see somebody, oh, wow, he looks over there, the man's over there. Okay, that person didn't spend as much time as he needed in a playbook, and he's reacting to something as opposed to, you know, the subconscious mind just taking over because he studied. So this game is going to be a very exciting game. It's going to be a very good football game. You know, last week, the Arizona Cardinals, I did go with the Cardinals. Now, I I made a mistake in, you know, going with the, the Eagles. You know, that was a little homer in me. So every now and then that comes out, but... Uh, th- this is this is no homer now, you know. You got some insight, got some perspective from Mark. This last game, I'm holding on to it. But I want to throw one thing out there. I want to throw this out there for our newest host on the Sports Channel, Nick Murphy. Nick, when you come in this Friday, come in through the front door. Don't come in through the back door. Because we had an issue. I brought you here in the network as friends. We all embraced you. We were so happy to have you. And the Arizona Cardinals almost lost the game because of a kicker. I can't believe that. Now, all right, if it comes down to the kicking game, wow, what do I think then? Hmm, would you be thinking about it? 
Have you ever seen such a pressure situation as the one that the kicker was in against the Arizona Cardinals? Would you like to be there? Would you like to be that person? Would you like to be the kicker? Would you trust that kicker? Mmm. Makes you want to go, mmm. Shout out to Arsenio Hall. Mmm. Well, I'll tell you what. It's not going to happen. Kurt's not going to let that happen again because guess what? Kurt doesn't trust his kicker. So Kurt is going to get out there and make things happen. I hope Anquan is able to come back because just think about if Anquan was available for that game. Arizona Cardinals got a lot of weapons. That's not just being a homer. That's somebody who's watching football and wants to see a great game and wants to see Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner win again. All right, you're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice of American Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And as always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks, Mark. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.